Welcome to Inside Surgery, a podcast from the European Association for Endoscopic Surgery. Welcome back to Inside Surgery. In this episode, Tan is joined by Paul Barrack, MD, an anesthesiologist from the Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia. They discuss human performance and system design and why some systems are safer than others. I'll hand over to them. I have the great pleasure of talking to my friend and colleague, Paul Barrack. Uh, Paul, it's great to speak to you. Um, I've been burning the candle at both ends and you have been very magnanimous and patient with me as we've been trying to arrange this podcast. Where are you today? Hi, Tan. Great to talk with you. I'm in uh, Haifa in Israel, um, getting ready to uh, lead a workshop on uh, uh, a tabletop exercise on what happens when we stress the healthcare system and how the medical and surgical teams react and perform and how can we best uh, train them to perform better uh, in times of crisis? The, that's really interesting. C- can you tell me, do you understand the term red team in general in life? Do you, do you, do you understand the concept of red team and, 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 and testing theories? Yes. Just, just tell yes. me what you understand about that. Well, I, uh, I see red team is essentially the idea of, uh, of stressing out our system almost doing a failure mode and effects analysis in which one part of your team pretends to be the opposition um, and essentially tries to challenge your defenses and uh, look for opportunities to reinforce um, your resilience and your ability to defend against external threats. Well, that's a fantastic definition for those who don't know. And I'm talking to my great friend, uh, Mike Blackhurst from New Zealand, who, who's uh, really honed this concept down and is working with some people. We don't do it in healthcare. We don't. So, so you know, it, it's fascinating. And, and I think there is a problem. So just at the top, can you define for me what this problem that we face is? And, and perhaps we can talk a little bit about red team uh, as we go through the conversation. So what is the patient safety issue? Surely in 2023, we have a very sophisticated healthcare system. We are overrun with robots. We do minimally invasive surgery. Surely we're we're fine, aren't we? I'd like to think so. The, the problem is, and uh, you know, COVID has sort of brought that to the forefront, that in spite of wonderful strides that we've made around safety and reduction of healthcare associated infections, um, we still have a remarkable amount of preventable harm. And COVID showed that our systems are certainly not designed for reliability. Um, you know, the fact that during the COVID pandemic, the amount of surgical and medical complications went out, went up perhaps between 15 and 25%. So we're talking about medication errors, falls, pressure sores, hospital-acquired infections, suggests that our system wasn't able to uh, address this challenge properly. And so that's really an invitation to rethink about, do we have rigorous plans, policies, and systems that not just look good, but they actually work under real-world challenging conditions? I, I, I can't agree more. I was talking to uh, my wife, in fact, who is a doctor as well, about this last evening. And we 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 started off saying this is going to take 
five to ten years to correct. Um, but but the more I think about the the, the system wide issue uh, and the change in thinking, perhaps it's a generational uh, issue. I, I don't know. Perhaps I'm being a bit too pessimistic. Um, you know, the, the harm that you describe with medication errors, with simple breakdown in patient safety is one thing. But I think that there is also a huge issue with the people who work in the system. I I'm not sure whether you have any thoughts about that. Well, I think that if we're going to improve the outcomes, so that would be clinical outcomes, experiential outcomes by the patients and staff, we need a, a major shift in the culture of healthcare. Um, and that means um, rethinking the way patients experience healthcare, rethinking the lived experience and psychological safety of the staff, um, and creating physical and organizational environments, we call them salutogenic, that actually promote health and well-being and don't just deal uh, at a point place of a medical or surgical intervention but an environment that nurtures uh, a healing environment. And, and we know from data, both in the NHS and the US, here in Israel, where I'm visiting, that the environments are not healthy. They're toxic to patients and they're toxic to staff. And the consequence is a lot more violence against staff, uh, a lot more staff quitting, a lot more agency staff. And the consequence is that in spite of our great technologies and cutting edge innovations and new drugs, the overall outcomes are not necessarily getting better, but are actually staying the same or maybe perhaps even getting a little bit worse because of the uh, massive shortage of staff, because of the burnout, because of the moral injury. Um, we're having these incredible gaps that where we can see the solutions but we really need to reimagine these future healthcare systems. So I, I would agree with you. I think we're talking about a generational shift um, that's going to take um, not just more resources, but a rethink about what does this future healthcare uh, system look like. I, I, and that's a really fantastic insight. And I think the key thing to understand, as you allude to, to alluded to, is this is a complex system. And uh, it, it therefore needs a sort of multi-dimensional approach to to finding solutions. Uh, one can't be so simplistic as to say we have AI, therefore the system will get better. Uh, that has to be enhanced by the humans that interact with the AI and the applications. So we 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 talked about red team. You've mentioned psychological safety. You and I, uh, along with uh, Debbie Gooch and Ben Tipney, are running a workshop at the EAES Congress in Roma. The key question that many who are listening to this will be asking is, can you actually teach this stuff? Uh, is it teachable? And, and if so, um, surely just a, a three or four hours spent at a workshop in a congress what's the impact of that going to be? So what are the, the your your thoughts on those two questions? Can you teach it? And how do you teach it, really? You know, I think you can teach it, but you can't complete that teaching in four hours. You, pe you begin a journey by challenging, um, you know, the best variation of our clinicians. That is to say, bringing the best of clinicians to the forefront in which we focus uh on helping them understand how 
more effective processes can create safety. Um, we rethink the wider systems around how do we engage higher reward. That means talking about norms. For example, um, I just participated in a, in a surgical workshop, um, Tan, and um, there were a variety of, uh, of concerns about how to make surgery more efficient, more effective, more timely, more staff. One of the comments really uh, set me back and it said, we really have to bring anesthesia to heal. They're never paying attention. They're never on time. They don't really know what's going on. Um, and, and that opened up a conversation about lack of respect, lack of transparency, lack of proper feedback loops. You know, when you look at sports or when you look at high reliability systems in aviation or other industries, there's a deep and ongoing commitment to a spirit of meaningful teamfulness. In surgery, in spite of the concept of healthcare team, so little of our healthcare teams share these common characteristics of mutual accountability, of transparency of data, of mutual respect, ongoing debriefing, even ongoing learning. We, we, um, I've been doing this project uh, uh, with a team at Imperial College looking at how often do surgical M&Ms include non-surgeons. Even though the regulator in the NHS in the UK requires that managers join surgical M&Ms, rarely are managers invited or feel welcome to come to surgical M&Ms. So if we're not actually sharing our lessons and learning, how are we going to build the vulnerability and trust that's essential for high-performance teams? Um, and so I, I hope that in this workshop, um, both through pre-workshop readings, as well as through live vignettes, stories, examples, we can begin a process that will continue. And hopefully we can invite uh, these surgical colleagues to be part of an ongoing learning collaborative in which we work with them over the next six to 12 months to both identify metrics that are relevant to them that are meaningful to patients and that we can share with the broader surgical and EAES community. I think that's um, a really good way of putting it. It's really the beginning. Um, and we are about to put some, some uh, uh, resources online for uh, our delegates. What you say is what uh, Ben Tipney often says, um, we're beyond the age of the master builder. That the surgeon used to hold all the knowledge, and 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 you know, or at least we thought we did. Um, and and working in these teams, as one does in sport or the military or in aviation, uh, where you require high reliability and and it's all safety critical, they spend a hell of a lot of time training. Um, and yet we think training uh, is not a an important portion of our um uh work so i think um we we need to change that completely well i think first and foremost is an invitation to create a safe space to talk about some difficult issues and that means the ability to be vulnerable and open about the fact that we could do better um I think one of the reasons why there's so much moral injury and burnout in surgery and surgical services is because we know that we could do better. And we're disappointed that the system is not supporting that vision, that the system seems to be using um, financial metrics and throughput metrics as the key driver to whip the system into improvement 
And we know that that's not working. That is to say, we might become more efficient, but that's not the only vector to drive improved outcomes and the nurturing and growth of the surgical team members. Um, and I think that conversation means, for example, that training doesn't end when you finish your registrarship or you become a fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons. That's really just the beginning. In every other domain, training is a lifelong goal. And the respect for training, for example, in aviation, where pilots are taking off the line three to four times a year to ensure that their training has not become obsolete that they're not rusty, they haven't forgotten certain things, that expectation that in high-performance systems, the training doesn't end when you finish your three, five, six years of training. But as you improve your performance, you're training on a regular basis. And management understands that they need to invest the resources to rekindle the learning and to reinforce the team experience around cohesiveness, around respect, around truth-telling, around, around trust-building. These are elements that need to be at the heart of any type of improved performance. And so that means our workshop needs to focus on rethinking the fundamentals of surgical teams, understanding how the surgeons that are coming are thinking about their perception of how they can improve performance. Because we've learned that, particularly with adult learners, unless they understand and respect the goals of the training, they will often come away with a very superficial or marginal impact of the workshop. So if we truly want to engage them, it has to be catered around what they feel is a need for change. And then the workshop is about creating a toolbox of sorts, some of it reading, some of it simulations, some of it direct engagement of conversations, in which they understand that the journey of improved outcomes means coupling implementation of evidence-based surgical improvement techniques with the tools of regular improvement. And that's not an insinuation against their professionalism. It's an expectation of a high-performance system that is constantly threatening to careen out of control unless we regularly manage it, measure it, feed it back, and reinforce that through a regular debriefing, regular engagement, and regular reinforcement of why these team members who work so hard in and around the operating room um, have the ability to see that management cares about outcomes, cares about their wellness, and is able to articulate that not just in standards, but in actions. So that implementation gap between what we say we care about the team members, we care about their burnout, but on the other hand, we don't necessarily give them the tools and the environment to reinforce that commitment and make sure they can continue to invest their energies and passion in, uh, in improving surgical outcomes um, and demonstrating to them that the system is not just committed to financial metrics, but is committed to a true culture of safety that focuses on how to deliver optimal care for patients and, underscore and, protects the wellness and joy of the surgeons and anesthetists and nurses and technicians that are essential for providing high reliable surgical performing and outcomes. I think you've you've just beautifully uh, illustrated and um, embodied what EAES and the EAES family want to deliver, not just superb technical training, uh, a, a, an increase in the knowledge, but also 
the uh, ability to be on that journey uh, of competence to mastery in uh, the modern surgical service. Um, Paul, as always, it is incredible to talk to you and I'm delighted that we're going to have some time in Rome together uh, and and, uh, take part in lots of other projects. But for those listening uh, to Inside Surgery, I think you've given them a really fantastic uh, teaser of of the course, but also some insights to go and do a bit more reading, do a bit more research on psychological safety, uh, on on civility, on team working, and the the need to really up our game uh, to deal with a problem that that is our generational's problem. Thank you very much, Paul. Real pleasure, Tan. Look forward to seeing you in Rome. Thanks for joining Inside Surgery. Please visit our website at eaes.eu for a wealth of resources, information, events and research to support surgeons from across the region.